Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. How wonderful is it to be at church on Christmas Eve? I love it. I love it. I love Christmas. What a wonderful, wonderful time of the year. So good to see you all out. Who's enjoying the storm? Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful when it breaks. So we've, we've been at church, we've been doing a series um, in December and it's been called Faith, Hope and Love. And over the last two weeks we've spoken about faith and hope. And I'm going to finish our series tonight talking about love. My message tonight is called Divine Love. Divine Love. God kind of love. It's all about God's divine love for man for mankind, for men and women, for everybody. His divine love for you. His love that put a plan, Paul talked about it a little bit, he put a, put, his divine love put a plan into motion to bring joy, hope, purpose to everybody. To bring worth and value to each person, every single person has worth and value. Some people think they have no worth or value. That's not true. Every single person has worth and value. God gave value to each and every person by sending his son to earth for us, to save us. Whatever someone is willing to to spend to recover something that's been lost shows how valuable that item or that person is shows how valuable they are. And John 3.16, you will have heard this scripture if you've been in church for more than five minutes. This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son. He didn't have another. He gave his one and only so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's divine love. And his divine love is, is, is more powerful than any mistake, than any doubt, than any fear. His divine love is higher and stretches further than any wall or barrier standing in front of it. His divine love wraps around us like a, like a blanket on a cold night. can't think about a cold night. I would love to think about a cold night right now, but... That's what his divine love does. He, his divine love heals any rejection, guilt or shame. See, God had this unusual plan. It was actually a painful plan and a very humbling plan. The plan was that he would come to earth as a man, that he would put aside his divinity, he would take that off, and in place of that he would put on humanity. He would put on human flesh. The God who who created the heavens and the earth wouldn't come to earth in a raging whirlwind or a devouring fire. The maker of all things, he shrank down, 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 down to the size of a single egg, barely visible to the naked eye. An egg that would divide and redivide until a fetus took shape and enlarged cell by cell inside the body of a nervous teenage girl. Philippians 2 says this, Instead, 
He, that's Jesus, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. See, the God who could order armies and empires around like pawns on a chessboard, this God emerged in Palestine as a baby who couldn't speak, he couldn't eat solid food, he couldn't control his bladder. He depended on a teenager for shelter, food and love. Can you imagine? That's humility and vulnerability. And that is not the way that royalty usually travels. I've been watching The Crown on Netflix. Any, any other females? I don't want to leave you boys out, but I don't know if it's a boy thing. Anyway, I've been watching The Crown on Netflix. And if you don't know what that is, it's actually the story of Queen Elizabeth. And um, one thing you notice when you watch shows about royalty is that there's usually excess associated with royalty. Royalty travels in style. Royalty travels with security and with fanfare. In 2011, Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip travelled to Australia and their trip cost approximately $2.7 million. In 2014, Will and Kate and baby George travelled to Australia and their trip cost approximately $2 million. Now, in stark contrast to that, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the God of the heavens and the earth, his visit to earth took place in an animal shelter with no attendants present, no security and no mansions for him to lay his head. In fact, the only place available to lay this newborn king was a feeding trowel. And why did he do it? Because he had to become like us so that he could save us. Because he wanted to show us what God's like. He wanted to show us, not, not just tell us, but also show us his incredible love. And he wanted to dispel all fear from our lives, all fear of deity. In our church, in our day, in the way we pray, in the way we approach God, we probably wouldn't appreciate the change that Jesus made in how human beings can approach God. Hindus offer sacrifices at the temple. Kneeling Muslims bow so low that their foreheads touch the ground. In most religious traditions, fear is the primary emotion someone has when they approach God. So even the Jews, God's very own people in the Old Testament, they had their fair share of fear. The Old Testament, it's full of stories of, of a sacred mountain in the desert that you weren't allowed to touch. The Ark of the Covenant that, that some tried to steady and they got killed just for trying. Of the most holy place that only a select few could enter without dying. And then God, through Jesus, came to a people. And these, 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 people, these people, they were too afraid to pronounce his name out loud or even, even spell his name. And he came in the form of a baby in a manger. What can be less scary than a newborn? Ten fingers, ten toes. Oohs and ahs and gurgles and smiles. What could be less scary? In Jesus, God found a way 
of relating to human beings that did not involve fear anymore. Aren't you thankful for that? I am so thankful for that. The Jesus we see in the Bible was approachable to every person, from the highest official to the lowest Samaritan woman. And we've heard about that already. No one was left out. You were not left out. No one who, who sought him or who seeks him is ever turned away. He was a real person and he was approachable. God with flesh on. And he made himself available for everyone to come. As I've already said, it, it, it was his divine love that sent him here to earth to love us. He actually came in search of us. He came in search of you. He came to show God's divine love for humankind. And that's not so common when it comes to people talking about deity. A Muslim boy told a psychiatrist when talking about what he thought would happen if Allah came to earth. Allah would tell the world, everyone, God is great, very great, and he would make everyone believe him. And if someone refused, they'd die. That's what would happen if Allah came here. When Jesus came to earth, he didn't make others die. He died to bring others back to life. He died for all. 1 John 4 says this, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. And the Bible from Genesis 3 to Revelation 22 tells the story of a God, a God reckless with desire to get his family back. Philip Yancey tells this great story. He says, I remember a long night sitting in, un in uncomfortable chairs in O'Hare Airport, waiting impatiently for a flight that was delayed for five hours. I happened to be next to a wise woman who was travelling to the same conference. The long delay and the late hour combined to create a melancholy mood. And in five hours, we had time to share all the dysfunctions of our childhood, our disappointments with the church, our questions of faith. I was writing the book Disappointment with God at the time and I felt burdened by other people's pains and sorrows, doubts and unanswered prayers. My companion listened to me in silence for a very long time and then out of, no more, she asked a, out of nowhere, she asked a question that has always stayed with me. Philip, she said, do you ever just let God love you? It's pretty important, I think. I realized with a start that she had brought to light a gaping hole in my spiritual life. For all of my absorption in the Christian faith, I had missed the most important message of all. The story of Jesus is the story of a celebration, a story of love. It involves pain and disappointment, yes, for God as well as for us. But Jesus embodies the promise of a God who will go to any length to win us back. Reynolds Price put it this way. He said, the maker of all things loves and wants me. The maker of all things loves and wants you. That's what Christmas is about. Do you ever just let God love you? Really love you?
It's a good question to ask. Do you ever stop working for God or trying to please God and just let him love you? Jesus is all about divine love. Ephesians 3 says it like this. Paul prayed and he said he prays that we would be fully capable of comprehending with all God's people the width, the length, the height, the depth of his love. Fully experiencing that amazing, endless love. And that you may come to know practically through personal experience, not through your head, but through personal experience, the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God, so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your life, completely filled and flooded with God himself. And that's why he came. That's exactly why he came. So that we could be completely filled and flooded with God himself. He wants every single person to know and experience that love. Hillary, where are you? Can you come up, hon? No one is left out. Everyone is invited to experience this divine love. Everyone is invited to just let God love them. You see, no one has impacted this world like Jesus has. You can't get away from him. He has positioned himself as the dividing point of life, of my life, of your life. In fact, in Matthew, he says this, everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. According to Jesus, what I think about him and how I respond to him will determine my eternal destiny. Have you ever just let God love you? Have you allowed him to fill you up so that you can experience for yourself the amazing love of God? I'd like everyone to shut their eyes across this meeting. Christmas Eve 2016. That's where we are right now. You may have had a fabulous year. Your year you, may be, you may be the total opposite. You may be so looking forward to 2016 being over. But right now, right here tonight, Christmas Eve 2016, I want to ask you the most important question that anyone will ever ask you. And that is, where do you stand with God? Where is your heart? Where is your relationship with him? Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? The God of heaven and earth came to earth. He put skin on. He came to us because he had to come to us so that he could save us, so that he could save you. 
And if you do not have a relationship with him, then I'm inviting you tonight to change that. To give your life to him. You might be here tonight and you've never made a decision to follow him. Well, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Or maybe you're here tonight and you've, you've known him in the past, but you have walked away from him. He is not number one in your life. And moving, in, moving out of this year and moving into next year, you know you need to get your heart right with God. So there are two different types of people I'm speaking to you right now while everyone has their eyes closed. If you're here tonight and you want to make a first-time decision to follow Jesus Christ or you want to recommit your life to him while everyone has their eyes closed, I would like you just to raise your hand up really high so that I can see it, so that I can acknowledge it and so that we can pray with you after this meeting. Who is there here tonight? You need to get your heart right with God. He stands at the door of your heart and he knocks. And all you need to do is open the door and he will come in. Just raise your hand. Or you need to recommit your life to him. I'm just going to leave it for a minute. Just raise your hand very high so that I can see it, please. Okay. We're going to finish this service by I'm going to sing Oh Holy Night again in a moment but I was doing a bit of research about the origins of this beautiful Christmas carol and you know when you may or may not know this but the first radio broadcast of a man's voice, it was totally by accident. The guy was experimenting with a microphone and a telegraph. And he was reading, would you believe, the gospel as he was experimenting. He was reading Luke 2. And, and as he was reading it, people all over the place started hearing his voice, the gospel, coming out of these radios. And that's how it was happened. That's how it happened. It was totally by accident. And then he, um, he picked up a violin after he'd finished reading Luke 2 and he started playing this carol. And so people <laughs> heard this beautiful sound about the holiest night when our saviour came to earth so i'd like us all to stand i want to read i want us to remember as we do let's all stand to our feet i want to read to you the account in luke and i want you just to to just to think about what that means to you on this beautiful Christmas Eve 2016. Good year, bad year, doesn't matter, God's here. God's with you, he's never left you. And going into 2017, he has good things for you. This night changed the world. 
forever. Because God set his plan into motion to save mankind. So Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judea, David's town, for the census. As a descendant of David, he had to go there. He went with Mary, his fiancée, who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the hostel. There were sheep herders camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watches over their sheep and suddenly God's angels stood among them and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everyone worldwide. A saviour has been born in David's town. A saviour who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're to look for. A baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. At once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the sheep, the sheep, sheep herders talked it over. Let's go to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angel had said about this child. All who heard the sheep herders were impressed. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear. The sheep herders returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. It all turned out exactly the way they'd been told.